Here we are. Whoops, LinkedIn says you're not approved for LinkedIn Live. What? All right, well, we're not live on LinkedIn. So sad. I'll have to look into that, but I believe we are live on Facebook and YouTube. Let me try one more time here. No, I'm going to remove that real quick. Sorry about that. Hey. Down with LinkedIn. Yeah. Down with LinkedIn. Down. Burn them. (laughs) So here we are now, December 14th, 2020, the best year ever with Richard Simister live in Brooklyn. And uh, I'm here in Southern California. I'm wearing my USC t-shirt. Nice sunny day out here. Camera's all backwards, so I got to keep messing that up. But we wanted to talk about the physical therapist, PT perspective of post-COVID physical performance. Richard, tell us a little bit about yourself real quick. Hey, what's up? What's up, Bo? Um, Physical therapist, strength coach in Fort Greene, Brooklyn. My audience targets, people I work with are just people who move, people who love moving, tennis, running, uh, weekend warriors. My specialty is knee, shoulders, spine. Love what I do, been doing it for 23 years, and I'm focusing now on pelvic floor issues and running, screaming, running treatments. Uh, what else do you want to know? My favorite color, I like earthy colors. I like long walks on the beach at night. I like old movies. And I'm a loner. A loner. You don't want to hang with me. No. Yeah. I've known Richard since about 2003 or 2002. I forgot which summer exactly it was that we met. I was but a young undergrad student interning at uh, Park Slope Physical Therapy, uh, where Richard happened to work. Um, And we've kept in touch ever since, possibly over some kind of friendship of uh, obscure movie references, uh, which we will try to minimize today and stay on topic here. So, uh, (laughs) yeah, I would, uh, don't don't change for us, man. Don't change for us. So what we wanna talk about a little bit, again, we are middle of December, 2020, vaccines are starting to emerge, um, come on out. We most people have been locked down since March. On some level, there's been opening lockdowns, lockdowns closing, back and forth. Uh, obviously, we're in a third wave, fourth wave, whatever they're calling it now. Uh, we are live, but this will be obviously living forever on the internet. So, what we want to talk about, though, and 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 reach folks with the message that, and I've been getting a lot of this. I believe Richard has, which is why we talked about this concept of people wanting to get back into fitness. Uh, again, having been locked down, you know, there's the COVID-19 pounds, um, not just COVID-19, the, the virus itself. So people who are losing access to gyms, that's a whole other conversation. If you don't have access to gyms, again, one-on-one situation like what Richard has in Brooklyn might be ideal where you can go in. He has a great studio right there in Fort Greene on the same block as the high school I went to, Brooklyn Tech. Shout out. I should have worn my Brooklyn Tech shirt. Um, But yeah, that might be something you need to look into if uh, you're interested. I do a lot of virtual coaching. uh, So depending on the equipment you have, we can customize a program. But again, that's the concept we want to talk about. If you want to get back into health, fitness, wellness, whatever word we're using to define that, um, what advice are we giving as physical therapists? And why are we, as physical therapists, the best people to give that advice, Richard? Why? Because we deal with human movement. Every aspect of life, movement, activity, mobility, eating, sleeping, throwing, spinning. There is some sort of physical movement, obviously, and we are experts at biomechanics and physical movement. Levers, gears, pistons. Yes, pistons. Pistons Pistons of of Detroit. No, no, that's our, that's our humor. Oh, should guys. I be wearing a mask for this? I'm not speaking the camera. It's okay. No, I feel like, I feel like you're making light of a serious situation, Richard, when you say that. Did you want to wear a mask? Does that make I, I you feel not. better? I was not. I didn't, want to, I didn't want to pass along a computer virus, so I didn't know if I should be six feet from the camera. There's a small delay, by the way, so I may be speaking, but you don't hear me for about three seconds. 
Okay. Okay. It seems pretty, pretty on point, but <laughs> so somebody comes to you right now, again, mid December here, and they want to get into their new year's resolutions. They want to lose 15 pounds. Um, what are we doing as physical therapists to help them properly get back into shape? Maybe they've heard of, uh, you know, they want to get a Peloton. They want to do virtual hit classes. Um, what kind of conversations have you been having, Richard? And, and maybe we can uh, take it from there and, and talk about some of these ideals. Well, I'm seeing that people now, and I suspect that people post-pandemic, they're out of shape. And I mean, deconditioned, not just physically, but mentally. And there are two groups, just the people who have been stuck at home. They've been sitting, they're out of their routine. Activity has been decreased. The, the, their schedules, their rituals are off, the nutrition's off, emotional stresses, emotional disorders. I've been talking to some counselors and psychiatrists of mine, physical abuse, mental abuse, uh, child abuse, alcohol abuse, drug abuse, anxiety, stress, angst. It's all um, getting worse. And the second group are the COVID survivors because they have a lot of residual aches, pains, respiratory issues, the weakness deconditioned. Um, so those are two groups that I think um, we really have to, they're going to be showing a lot of, um, deficits a lot of uh, going into this new life this new uh this new realm post pandemic and the, you know you have a pitcher hey coach i haven't pitched for for six months okay we're gonna put you in for for nine innings <laughs> something pops in the nine in, nine thing they have to go see um see dr nick or dr hibbert you know, you know my diagnosis <laughs> and you know real life a teacher he or she been off out of the classroom for six months. They go back in the classroom and they have, this is a lot of work. Writing for hours upon end is a lot of work. And then they go to the gym, do presses, their shoulders hurt. They go back to the class, they start wearing themselves down. Even as something simple as public health, there's something called nurse's teacher syndrome where uh, he or she has to hold their pee for long periods of time because of limited breaks. And now, again, we're off our schedule, we're off our routine, we're at home, we can pee whenever we want. And now they have to go back into a situation where I only have, I can pee every three hours. And that can cause some, you know, urinary issues, some pelvic health issues. So what I see is because of these mental, uh, physical issues, we are in the perfect, um, this is our opportunity, it's our responsibility, there's a need and there's an opportunity for us to join the team for um, post-pandemic health and wellness. And I think after someone checks the vitals, you know, blood pressure, heart rate, their their blood work, they really should get some sort of head to toe. And you talk about this all the time, a, a, a checklist, a uh, 21 point, um, I'm sorry, what's your term, please? There's the, yeah, the 21 point uh, car inspection analogy. Uh, but yeah, the 21 point human inspection. I think we are the perfect people, the high level physical therapists, strength coaches like yourself, physical therapists, to perform those screenings just so when folks go out, we can, you know, we can say, listen, you have a deficit here, you have a weak zone here. And it's not always a physical therapist. They may want to go to a specialist. They may want to go to, you know, I deal with pain and movement. Someone else may deal with more strength, Pilates, a sports nutritionist, a physical therapist who focuses on sports nutrition, pelvic floor. But I, I think there are a certain steps that everyone should take before they go out in the new world. I think they should deal with their um, their psychological stuff, if, if there are any, deal with their vitals, and then see someone who deals with movement, strength, and conditioning to say, hey, this is a problem. This is what this is your weak zone. This is what you need to do. Here's a progressive program so you don't get hurt later on. Yeah, and I, I want to jump on top of that concept and say uh, back to the difference of professions or, or people you could go to with this. So if you just got Peloton and you started doing Peloton, it's a very limited physical uh, liter literature. Uh, what, I'm, I'm looking for variety, right? You just have very little variety in it. It's, it's a very limited movement pattern. So to me, anyone can go do that. It's not a bad thing. It's pretty expensive. 
Um, but in terms of your overall health, it might be the lowest common denominator. It might be the thing that's going to motivate you the most, especially in this crazy 2020 that we're living in where we just need more connectivity and it does have a very strong social component to, hey, like I did more than you or, or you beat me by this much and now we can talk about that, which is where CrossFit used to be a big thing and now you don't have that connectivity if you're doing stuff in your garage and you do whatever, seven minutes of burpees and I say my score was 96 burpees. And what was your score? It was 120. Like, do we? It's just a weird uh, way to compare, right? So, but all that aside, the reality of it is, and again, back to my, what's up, Mr. Flicker? Thank you for saying hi. If you guys are watching, feel free to jump into the comments. My question to anyone watching, and I guess to you, Richard, and we've kind of gone through it a few times, is jumping over to this. How many of you have gone through a head-to-toe screen? whether it's annual, whether it's ever, um, by a trained professional, whether it's by a personal trainer, by a physical therapist, um, the same way that you're supposed to go to the dentist twice a year to get your teeth checked up, or you go to your primary care physician, PCP, to get your vital signs, blood pressure, cholesterol, all that checked out. So how often do you go do that, Richard? How many times have you gone to a full head-to-toe screen? When's the last time I saw you? <laughs> In person, in person, we moved out here about a year and a half ago, so it would have been a little bit before that, but we definitely did some version of that. Yeah. And I yeah, wanted so, to jump on what you said about the Peloton. Mm -hmm. Having one device, that all these folks are buying Pel Peloton stock is doing really well right now. Um, but, you know, if you want to talk about tight hips, hip tendonitis, bursitis, uh, tight abdominals, tight rectus, because folks are doing the only Peloton, you're right. Variety is the spice of light and mobility. So I just want to, you know, check. And also, yeah. if you're getting a um, screening, you don't have to be an athlete. You don't have to be a, uh, into sports. Head-to-toe screening is individualistic. So if you say, um, oh, I want to be able to climb five flights of stairs to get up and down in my apartment. Oh, I want to be able to go. I want to get back to snatching. I want to get, you know, I, I'd like to, I like to do swing. I like to play tennis. I like to climb. So Bo, as the high-level therapist and coach, would be able to look at you, listen to you, listen to your goal, short-term and long-term. Say, okay, I know what I need to look at during the screen. I'm going from general to specific. So just want to throw that. Also, done. <laughs> so yeah, my that's basically the basis of my business, and and this is what I've been driving forward toward my entire career, I think, as a physical therapist since I got my doctorate in 2008 of, I want to help people build to their retirement, to their, you know, people ask me why I work out so hard. I post videos of me working out. It's because I want 90-year-old Bo to be able to run around. It's I'm lifting for my joint health. I'm lifting for the ability to do things, to avoid surgery, to be able to feel physical freedom and be able to do that. So my brand that I, you know, connected with me finally after a lot of years of trying to come up with a good brand name is Fit Care. So if you care about your fitness, right, that is going to drive you away from the healthcare system and be an alternative to just managing symptoms. Um, so that's where we talk about assessing your fitness. Richard, you and I have uh, done a few podcasts and, and episodes where we try to define fitness. Uh, a little bit more. We don't have to go too in depth on that now, but I'll say my real quick definition that I'm sticking with here is it's a broad uh, definition that includes how much work can you do uh, over a broad time domains and and uh, modal domains. So you know how far can you run in 12 minutes? That's called a Cooper test. How quickly does your heart rate recover on that? These are vital signs just as much, if not more so than, uh, you know, sitting there, okay, take my blood pressure. Okay. It's 140 over 90. That's not great. Maybe we need to do something, you know, but it's taking a screenshot versus adding in, you know, again, 21 points of Richard, here's your, your entire report card, right? We don't just look at your, your, your grade on math and then ignore, you know, science and, and English and history, right? We, we need to look at the entire student. We need to look at the entire uh, human, right? So uh, I don't know how you feel about that or, or um, you know, or what you want to share on that concept. 
I think once you present that program and you let people know what your your goals are, they should also. I, I talked about um, being um, having any sort of emotional dysfunctions. I think dysfunctions when you go and you're getting ready to get into a program or something new with Bo, you should do your own self-assessment. Just look at yourself and what do I, what, what are my limitations? Bo is going to help me with this, but also what are my short-term and long-term goals? If anyone can jump into a program and any, any trainer will say, we're going to do this program, cookie cutter program, but you're not going to do that. But we coming out of COVID, you know, should say, this is what I want to do. These are my weaknesses. Bo, can you, you know, you should, you should all work as a team and it should, should be a collaborative effort towards the client's short-term and long-term goals based upon your, your human assessment, your pinpoint assessment. Absolutely. And then I will bring up my five pillars that, again, this is the time where if we have a little bit of time, if we're going to dive into some deeper physical goals as the new year comes around, everyone, what happens every new year's, new year's resolutions. Um, now is the time to get these assessments, right? Uh, my analogy that I use here is you're going to drive from New York city to Los Angeles, right? There's many ways to do it, but what's the number one thing you would probably should and want to do before you start that drive is go get your car checked out. Make sure your wheels are aligned. Make sure your tire pressure is good. Make sure your oil has been changed. You know, you don't want to break down somewhere in wherever you're going, Tennessee, Nothing wrong with Tennessee or Texas, but uh, wherever you're going along the way, you just don't want to end up increasing your likelihood of breaking down and then needing to call AAA or a car mechanic or local garage. Why not, while you're in New York, before you start that drive, get your entire car checked out, set yourself up the best way possible to go on this journey. So that's that's the analogy of getting your physical body checked out. And the problem is, there's so many different people talking. There's, uh, you know, personal trainers. And again, what do I see with most personal trainers? You go to Equinox. They use the functional movement screen, which is a seven, uh, seven movements, and they grade it. Uh, and they use that as their, like, score for movement and, and to really categorize your movement. It has a lot of deficits. So, you know, there's, there's – and you talk to almost any professional who understands these screens, um, and they're going to point out, A, there's no load – there's no volume. There's, uh, again, li limitations in the movements. There's benefit. And again, I would take some benefit out of all seven of those uh, screens. But I think there's a much bigger picture. There's no like one size fits all little mini thing. It's about having this conversation. Um, and, and I started talking about my five pillars. I'm going to come back to that. But I don't know how you feel about the FMS. I know you use it as well. Uh, but where does it fit into your big picture? The FMS itself. Yeah. I use it as a general guideline. I think it's nice. It was eventually it was initially used to have a standardized system for large groups. That's why it was created. So again, I'm not screening large groups, so I can use it. But I I add my own uh, little nuances, my own little uh, uh, screening tips. Uh, I like it. I do like it. I think there are some small faults, but I do like it as a general screen. Just had this conversation with my friend, uh, Billy. He's a, who you may meet eventually, PT cyclist, works with kids in Colorado, and he's studying to, for the certification. And uh, no disrespect to the F FMS, I think they're great programs, F F FMS, the <laughs> FCA, the CS CSFA, <laughs> FMA, CFA. They're all, they're all Alpha wonderful. Soup. Um, excuse me? Alphabet soup. Alphabet soup. Alphabet soup. They're all good, <laughs> but knowing you, knowing other smart folks, I think you can devise your own screening processes. And also based upon your specific target audience, your, your clients, your client base. That's a big yeah. I love yeah, it. Right. I like them, but I wouldn't <laughs> depend upon them solely. Right, right. And the research has uh, the main selling point, and this is back when I was a student in the mid-2000s, 2005, 6, 7. Um, the, that was when it was really emerging. It was being used with professional sport teams in the off-season, trying to predict injuries, which is a great thing if you can do it. 
and be able to say again, hey, we're going to play a season again. You know, any professional athlete is worth most professional athletes are worth a couple million dollars. Uh, there's huge implications if that team wins versus if that team loses. Uh, so it'd be fantastic if we can take you through this seven minute test and be able to say, hey, you scored a four or 13 out of 21. And you now have, we, you know, that the, the research shows us that you have a 75% chance of being injured. I remember reading this and being like, this is the thing. I need this. However, the more research that has been done, unfortunately, it is not a very good predictive tool, the FMS specifically, of injury. And again, there's a bunch of different ways. The research is all over the place. So who's doing the research? You know, you can find research studies to kind of prove every which thing. Um, but I bring that up to say, again, it comes down to, you know, Richard and I specifically work one-on-one -on -one with clients. And if I'm sitting down, if I'm working with Richard, I'm going to say, what are your goals? What are your physical needs, right? Richard's a physical therapist. He needs to be physically able to work on people. It's a pretty physically demanding job doing body work. You know, if he's seeing eight patients a day, that might be a total of 15 minutes of physical, actual working on them, body work. Let's average it out, right? So that's whatever it is, um, an hour and a half, 90 minutes of work. Mm -hmm. So that's his physical demand. On top of that, he, he has a dance practice, drumming practice. Um, he has dogs, got a wife, a lot of physical demands. <laughs> um, so we have to be able to look at that and say, again, how much physical capacity do you need? As well as, you know, in the age that you are, where do you want to be 10 years from now, 20 years from now? So can we assess to me your work capacity? So something like the Cooper test, the 12 minutes, how much work can you do in 12 minutes? Um, and we can vary up those types of work. And then we can also look at how much work can you do in an hour? Or because again, you have 90 minutes that we're going to say you need to have physical capacity to do 90 minutes of body work a day. So maybe I'm going to see and put a workout together for Richard or a test together for Richard that looks at how much work he can do in 90 minutes. And if we have normative data of other athletes I've worked with or other people around his age and see how much work they can do, but also for him, let's say we did 90 minutes of work. We, we had a score, let's say. Uh, there's, you know, some rowing, some burpees, some weightlifting, whatever it is. And we did this test today and Richard's score, and this is a basic CrossFit model, I would say, um, for anyone kind of following along and, and wants to understand this concept. But the score today is 600 reps of whatever all this work is in 90 minutes. If we determine, Hey, like you're a little weak here, or you did, you could have done better here. Bottom line is five years from now. We now have that score, that vital sign, and we could say, you got 600 reps there. I want to redo this test in five years, and you should be able to get more reps. That's going to show me that you've increased your capacity to do work, which means to me, you're less likely to be disabled. You're less likely to fall down and not be able to get back up again. You're less likely to have let aging affect you. Um, it's obviously going to be there, but we need to keep fighting that aging process, so to speak. But that's how we do it. That's why I like looking at your fitness score, your fitness as a concept. So you ready for the test, Richard? We're going to do it right now. 90 minutes live on air. <laughs> Can I add one quick thing in? Please do. Please do. I was just joking, obviously. I like, I like, no, I don't like for a moment. Yes. You mentioned CrossFit. <laughs> I don't remember what product that says life is a sport. Was that Nike? I don't know. Life is a sport. Life is a sport, and you know more, this more than I do about the CrossFit original model. You want to be fit across life or whatever the whatever it was. It and was think, one of their sayings. Sorry to cut you off. Was uh, be prepared for the unknown and unknowable. That was the, the the main saying. I don't know if that's the one you're referring to. That works well. Also, it works perfect. My, when you are getting ready to leave the safety of your house and go out there again and experience life again, you mentioned capacity. You know, we always talk about the seven fundamentals, squat, lunge, bend, twist, whatever. And you're going to be doing, if you had seven fundamentals during your day, during your commute, during work, you're going to be doing more of those fundamentals and some others. So you mentioned capacity. So again, once you 
do your self-assessment. Once you go see Richard, Bo, Steve, you need to let that person know, I'm going to be doing a lot of walking. I'm going to be doing a lot of carrying. You know, I work, I'm an electrician. I'm doing a lot of climbing with poles. I'm not saying you should be have a deficit in the other fundamentals, but I think that in order to survive, in order to not break down, in order to not get injured, you should be um, building up your capacity in those fundamentals that you do throughout the day. That's all. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's I, I'm 100% with you. And again, uh, you know, we agree on way too many things. So this was never going to be a, I, I have to say, I listen to a lot of podcasts and it's very <laughs> rare that you get guests that are, are and the host are very like argumentative, maybe Joe Rogan, which is probably why he, he, he pushes back just enough, I think. So maybe I'll figure out a way to push back on you and steal that formula. But I was going to say back to I my car and out. You want to fight? I can conflict. Let's conflict. I Yo, do think pro, again. Con, con, pro. You're the con. Yeah. I'm the pro. Oh. Um, so what I was going to say, though, back to my car analogy, to your point of if we can look at these different strength ratios, right? Again, how, how does my front squat compare to my back squat compare to my deadlift, right? And if these are things you've never done, maybe we have to build toward those movement patterns then it's a question of how does my hinge compare to my squat in general as a movement pattern, as a basic score. But the bottom line is along these pathways of you getting healthier, fitter, more well, where are the current emergency brakes, right? Like we were talking about the analogy of the car, what's holding you back from being able to drive most efficiently? So it might be mobility because you want to be playing golf right now. Golf is something that wasn't very affected by COVID. Um, I, I know that it was one of the first things that opened up because you can space out really well and things like that. Um, but if you want to be playing golf and your hips don't move the way they should, or you can't associate your thoracic spine and your torso and all these, again, geeky, nerdy things that Richard and I would love to talk about, you don't need to fully understand as a patient until we identify that you have a mobility deficit. So somewhere along that chain, there's something causing something else to work hard. And, and again, this brings us to the common questions that we get about, I have pain here, my upper trap, right? To me, and I think uh, you, can, you can disagree, and we have disagreed on some of these concepts before, um, but to me that pain here is because other things are doing extra work. And so we have to determine where the root cause is, which a lot of clinicians just don't do, um, unfortunately. And they're gonna knock out the pain here uh, with massage or electric stimulation or heat or ice or cupping or whatever. And there is benefit to getting rid of that pain. However, if you never address the root cause, to me, that is the missing link. And you're just gonna continue to have issues down the line because your body had that pain because of a problem along the chain. And it's going to have it again if you continue doing the same things. Eventually, you might adapt. It might take you a few more years to develop pain. But it's just going to keep kicking the can down the road with symptoms. And that's what I am passionate about, helping people prevent before it ever develops. And again, we all have some kind of imbalance. We don't all have to be perfectly balanced left to right or forward backward. But if you want to go running and one of your legs is 10% stronger than your other leg, that's something maybe that we should start to identify, address, and help you avoid issues down the line. It's important to not get overwhelmed by all this information. I'm talking to anyone out there because we're talking about your body. We're talking about mental health and possibly seeing a mental health practitioner going to you know a PT, a trainer, and getting that inspection screen but you don't ask yourself how long this takes you ask yourself what's the value in all of this and using the analogy again of getting your car inspected wow this costs 200 it's it's you know it's better to put the time and the money in now with the right person you don't want to get you know uh, shafted with too much in um, something you don't need but put the time in now so later on down the road you know I, I the, the saddest thing for me as a clinician is to see someone in there 50s, 60s, 70s, with all these comorbidities that could have been pre prevented because of stuff they could have done earlier, you know, and that's a chronic thing, I, issue I see. But 
right now, going back to the post-pandemic performance and being ready, be proactive now, be ready. Think about what you need to do. Again, life is, what do you need to do? Life is a sport. What do you need to do after the pandemic and then plan, strategize? If you're not sure, again, talk to the specials, talk to the right person. So you know what's dysfunctional, broken week now. We have time, unfortunately, we have a few more months of this. So take the time now, put the energy and the work into it now. So later on, you're stronger, mentally capable, physically capable. You build up your mental, physical capacity and there's less chance of you breaking down along the road of life. Zen and the art of motorcycle maintenance has nothing to do with what I'm, uh, my, my topic, but I just love that book. Back to you, Bo. <laughs> I have that book sitting. Oh, I, I was hoping it was within like <laughs> arm's reach. Uh, yes. But you mentioned, you mentioned mental health. And again, we're talking about this timeline. And again, our big topic here is post COVID, how to get back into it. So that brings me back to my five pillars of health, which I promised earlier I would come back to. Um, to me, movement, as much as we focus on it, it's only one fifth of the equation. Obviously, there's a ton we can be doing in the movement realm to get better. And, and again, there's a lot there, right? I, the other analogy I use for movement is the, the equivalent to like understanding the English language, right? As we grow and go through school, you might be reading at a sixth grade level. So a lot of people I assess for their movement patterns, they might not know how to hinge very well. They might have an immature squat, as some people call it. I don't like using that terminology, but if your squat has some deficits going on, then we can say, again, you're at this level now, and we want to get you up to under, you know, the analogy of English, the language, we want to get you to a point where you can be reciting Shakespearean, you know, English um, up on stage, have mastery of the language, have mastery of the movements. So that if I ask you to, and this is the concept of being prepared for the unknown and unknowable, is if I can balance on one leg, which I'm going to do now, I don't know if I can get my knee. Yeah, there's my knee. If I can balance on one leg, my leg is up here. And do Shakespeare. And do Shakespeare. Um, but if I have that ability to do different things and rotate different ways, um, if I have that, again, language, that skill, which movement is a skill. So if I have all that, it makes me more prepared for, you know, if, if a car is, is kind of running and I need to get out of the way on, on the street or my dog goes and does something crazy at the dog park, I can go get my dog. Um, you know, whatever that demand of life is, we don't know. That's why it's unknown and unknowable, uh, which is what it is. But back to the five pillars. So movement is just one of those five. You mentioned kind of mental health and two of my, so that's 40% of my five. Two of them are on the mental health side. So one of them is mindset. And that has to do with, are you, you know, investigating your own thoughts? <laughs> are you, where is your own mental health? Do you believe in whatever it is you want to do? So if you want to go and run a hundred K, which I just had a friend of mine tell me, um, you know, why is that? Where are we? Like, is that something you believe in your head you can do? Or do I need to give you more uh, confidence with, going through an assessment and saying, you are good, my man. You have good balance left to right. Like I've done, I've worked with a lot of runners based on our assessment. You have very good balance. You should be able to run hundred K assuming a good solid progression of whatever it is, 10% increase of volume, blah, blah, blah. Fun times, all the sciencey stuff, but mindset being that second one that we're talking about here, the third, did you have a thing? I think you, you were you, you going to say a thing? I thought you. I actually, I didn't want to interrupt. I definitely want to. I definitely want to tune in on your turn. Tune in, check whatever. Check check. What in. You said about <laughs> movement, uh, uh, I guess proficiency or movement education and movement literacy. Yes. Um, staying at home, staying at home. I'm a drummer, and if I don't practice for a week to a month, I lose my chops, and people have lost their motor control chops, the brain body connection. If you haven't been out there again in the real world doing your thing. It, it, it sounds silly. It's going to take you a while to relearn how to carry and do stairs or just go back on the subway and to balance yourself between two, 300 other people, not 200 people. We're not in the country. But, you know, and being able to tolerate the outside environment. So we're going to have to relearn and rewire our system. I'm done. Okay. 
Thank you. Uh, shout out to Barry Sachs, I believe, is is watching. And then Maha, my lovely wife, is in Lebanon right now Hi, watching. Hi, Maha. Um, back to our uh, my five pillars. So we had, again, the movement. We had mindset. The other mental health one of that, the third one there that is vital uh, is connectivity. Speaking of my wife, Maha, who's watching, she wants to chime in in the comments or we should definitely continue to get her in some of these videos on my channel. And, and obviously Richard's had her on his podcast too. Uh, you guys should check that out. She says, hey guys, in the, in the comments. Richard, I don't know if you can see the uh, comments. Um, can you see them? No? Oh, he's got to put his Let reading put glasses on. on. Spectacle. Spectacles. <laughs> we get a nice close up yeah, of his nose. Yeah. Anyway, so connectivity. Oh, no. You, you don't have it? That's fine. Uh, connectivity. Ah, hey, Barry. Hey, Barry. Hey, guys. Connectivity being the third pillar of uh, overall health and fitness. And some of these concepts come from the blue zones. Some of them come from a lot of research that I've, I've done over the years of what helps us live longer, give us, gives us purpose, what helps us as humans uh, just be healthier, our entire system, what leads to... Uh, decreased health, what leads to increased utilization of the healthcare system. So connectivity, especially again, during this 2020 crazy time where it's a lot harder to be connected, quality relationships, right, are vital to your own mental health. And, and again, I, you know, we don't need to get very personal right now. I don't know if you want to share any of those experiences, Richard, or how you've been dealing with um, you know, being isolated to some extent, there's uh, Maha saying the quality of our relationships is a significant determinant of our health and longevity. Thank you, Maha. Thank you, wife, for making it nice and concise. Um, so yeah, I don't know if you want to share anything, Richard. I definitely believe it's quality of quantity when you're talking about any relationship. Um, again, I'm kind of a loner, but I get a lot of my, um, <laughs> uh, connectivity and um, energy work through uh, my clients. And I, I love my clients at Revolution. So that's my way of getting out of the house and exchanging energy, touching, feeling. That sounds kind of nasty, but you know what I'm saying. Palpation, uh, mobilization, uh, talking about life. So that definitely, I definitely agree that you need to have some sort of uh, connection with someone you like, love, respect, cares about you listens to you, looks out for you. So yes, I agree, Bo and Maha. <laughs> so yeah, and again, we could certainly do hours on just that topic, but those are the, the first three of my five. And then the last two for me are recovery, which again, assuming uh, right now, if you have a Zoom lifestyle or you're doing Zoom work or you're working from home, uh, recovery, you should be able to sleep better. Theoretically, recovery for me includes body work, foam rolling. Again, you might not be able to go see someone like Richard um, in person for various reasons, either, again, the fear, fear of the, the transmission or just getting out of the house. Uh, it's a little tougher these days. So if you're not able to do that, there's many ways you can be recovering physically with uh, lacrosse balls, cupping, uh, foam rolling, all that stuff. Uh, I've had a bunch of people recently ask me with, with the holidays coming up about those like massage guns, a Theragun, Hypervolt. Um, again, I tell people, you know, like there's there's better uses of your money. There's better uses of your time, similar to the Peloton. It's a very, you know, kind of short term thing. It does feel good if you have it. <laughs> it's it's a little novel. Um, if you're getting it as a gift, again, like a lot of Give gifts, it. I think. Give it. Gimmick. Oh, sorry. Gim gimmick. Sorry. Oh, is that That's gimmick? Is that, is that gimmick? Yeah. Okay, you good? <laughs> Do you need some water? It, it is a lot of gimmick, and, and there's a lot of BS out there when it comes to that. And again, you know, I, I would love to do a whole episode just pointing out and screenshotting some of the, the BS uh, marketing that's out there because, <clears throat> you know, we get targeted, I'm sure, more than a lot of others because of our search words and things like that. But yeah, it's been um, like the, like those 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 guns are again. It's crazy to me because when people do ask me about that, or they ask me whatever random question about how do I stretch this out, it to me it, it goes back to hey, like did you 
settle on these five things. Do you have your sleep in order? Do you have your mindset connectivity? And has someone looked at your movement patterns, let alone for, for us to be talking about just this one little thing here? Because again, yeah, you can deal with that with a hypervolt gun or whatever. You can go to a chiropractor and they're going to give you a little crack and maybe that's going to make that feel a little better. But just like the car, like you're putting some freaking, uh, you know, I was going to say duct tape, but I would even say it's not even as strong as duct tape. You're putting some like electrical tape or, or just uh, what's the, I don't even, I, I don't even use tape a lot. What's the other one that like is very weak tape? I don't know. You're using that bad tape, that office tape, like the clear see-through one. Is that of a name? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, you're using I'm, that. I'm letting you struggle with this one. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, buddy. Buddy. Anyway, so if you don't have all that other stuff lined up, you are generally going to be putting, again, some kind of very short-term fix on this, and you're just going to be back in the same or a worse situation months or years down the line. Um, and sometimes that leads to needing a surgery or getting told you need a surgery, which is again, its own topic of more often than not, you don't need that surgery. Um, so my fifth pillar of overall health was, uh, nutrition and just what you're putting into your body on top of, again, the recovery, uh, and things like that. So those hopefully all make sense. So one more time, all five are movement. So your movement practice, and that's a different concept. Did you have a thing? Are you raising your hand? No. I'm, I'm, Are you just going along with me? Thank you. So movement, mindset, connectivity, recovery, and nutrition. That's our five. And five pillars, nice and strong. You can't break that, man. But yeah, if you're deficient in any of those, and again, there's small steps for like for sleep. A lot of people just haven't taken the basic steps to improve their sleep quality or gotten something like a whoop to track their sleep. Okay. Um, it, I just got the, my, the whoop again for black Friday to really double down and hone in on this stuff. I used to have it. Um, and I can't recommend it highly enough. If you're going to be working towards improving your sleep, improving your health. Cause, uh, again, it's hard to quantify or assess your quality of relationships. Uh, per se. Although again, Dr. Maha, I think she's uh, still listening, watching. Um, she, I recommend almost no matter what level of health or relationship, or, or if you've been together for a few weeks, months, years, no matter how good it feels, no matter how bad it feels, I think everyone's similar to how we can physically give you an assessment and say, you're actually really good. Or, hey, you have a few things to work on. Dr. Maha, mental health specialist, specializes in sex and relationships, she can have a conversation with you and give you an assessment of where you are with your relationships. And, you know, let's address some of those little nagging things that are going on now that might build toward resentment that we are very easy to ignore. Our, our easy kind of lizard brain is easy to ignore these things. Um, and, and we like to kind of shove them back and, and let them build even if it's something stupid, like you don't put the toilet seat down, you know, you see all these things in movies and until you live it, <laughs> you know, you forgot to throw out the garbage. You forgot to clean this up. You forgot to do this. These things add up. Richard, you've been married for quite some time. And again, we don't need to get too personal, but uh, I don't know if you have any stories you want to share. <laughs> no. There you go. That's I, good. I do want to say things on your, on your colors. One is people make it simple, realize, understand, conceptualize pillars. There are pillars, they're things that hold up your, your life, your body. If one pillar is weak or crumbling, you, you may be in balance. You want a holistic or, uh, not a holistic, a uh, homeostasis uh, amongst all your pillars. And also don't get overwhelmed if you're looking at your five pillars, or as my friend Steve Horney from Eye Health Science, uh, he has seven pillars, I believe. Try I to look eight. at, try to change. He has eight. Or look at, he has eight? He has yeah. eight, yeah. I'm going to do 21. Try to focus <laughs> on one thing in each pillar. Don't try to change everything at once. And the, the, the rule is try it for three weeks and then see if it, if it becomes a habit. You may need to tweak it. But don't try to change everything in every pillar. You'll go kind of, woo, and it goes your, your stress and emotional dysfunction. Absolutely. And that's one of the main things, having a coach like me or you, 
um, helps people balance that out instead of getting overwhelmed by there's 37 things I need to do, you know, oh, it's January 1st. I have all these resolutions. I want to lose 15 pounds. I want to, you know, run a faster 5k. I'm signed up for a marathon, whatever it is. There's just a, a process that you should be looking at following. Uh, I'm working. If you guys go to my last live on YouTube, I only have one other live so far. You're my second live ever, Richard, on YouTube. Um, yes, uh, with my friend Isa, who I've taken on as a client. Uh, we're working together. He, when he, we started talking, weighs 380 pounds, has a lot of health issues, and we're trying to get him to a lose a lot of that weight. And what we're doing, we're, we we didn't take it and throw everything at him at once and say. You know, you got to exercise, you got to do this, you got to do that, you got to do this. It was, A, he got a whoop so we could start tracking stuff. Um, but B, we started with some simple nutritional changes. And I thought those were going to be the biggest levers to make change. Um, and now I can start introducing like, hey, are you drinking enough water? We're going to do that for a week. You know, I want you to report how many ounces of water you drank. Um, you know, can we change the physical environment in your bedroom to improve your sleep quality and we can track that and then like you said see if it, some of those are habits for sure um, whether it's going to sleep at a certain time taking a certain uh, supplement to help you sleep but if it comes down to all you know a lot of people who have temperature control in their bedroom cool like the recommendation is that your room should be between 68 and 70 degrees Fahrenheit um, you know because the your body needs to be cooler and that's going to help you sleep deeper. So if you're not doing that, um, why not? <laughs> and and can we make that simple change that you don't even need to think about? Just no one's ever addressed that with you. And so you make that change on the on the whatever uh, automatic uh, air conditioner. Uh, what are those called? I don't have one. We, I'm in Southern California. We don't have air conditioning. We do have a heater, uh, which I almost never turned on. Um, but the, uh, what is that called? You're not helping me. Why do you never help me, Richard? Uh, what is that called? The, the system that controls all central the air. central air. That's what I was looking for. Thank you. Anyway, bottom line is we're working on making one change at a time, more or less. Um, and then we can reintroduce things. So when it comes to the nutrition stuff, you know, we cut out, uh, grains, legumes, dairy, so we can start reintroducing legumes first. And see how the body responds. And again, coming down to how do we track it? Looking, feeling, performing. How do you look, feel, and perform? The last month, although all three of those have improved. Okay, we reintroduce legumes for a week and don't change anything else. That's like the clean, really easy version of it. Um, and boom, all of a sudden, like you don't look, feel, and perform as good. So maybe there was something to eliminating legumes that we just didn't know about. Um, and I will say one other thing on that, real quick. Uh, that people, and especially people now, like we're talking about people in COVID, we just get caught and trapped in the reality of whatever we feel like is happening. It's just normal for me to binge watch Netflix. Um, you know, I've lost my motivation, whatever it is, and it becomes normal. Um, and you, it's also normal, as we were talking about with my friend Isa, he didn't realize as we started eliminating some of these foods, how like the mental clarity opens up, right? And, and, you know, it's, it's incredible. And most people don't realize how sick they are or how unwell they are until we can actually introduce something that makes them a little bit healthier. So that's my two cents. What else you got? I think we're going to kind of start wrapping it up. I don't know if you have any other big takeaways. No, I, no I'm, I'm a living example of changing my diet. And you said eight years ago, I never forgot it. Not what you eat. It's what you absorb, and because I mentioned I mentioned blood work earlier, I got some received some deep blood work, and I figured found out I wasn't taking in this, I wasn't absorbing this, I had this, this simple changes for uh, three weeks, and it's turned into three months that I felt so good. Definitely mental clarity, um, rest, moods. So that's why I mentioned before you go out there in the real world or uh, take on a new or get back to your old activity see what's going on internally get that blood work done but no um i'm good i'm good all right so yeah again guys i mean the whole theme here is uh you know post covid getting back into physical fitness 
generally a doctor of physical therapy or, or someone who's been practicing physical therapy for 23 years, uh, someone who specializes in this, who's worked with hundreds, if not thousands of athletes and not just athletes, but humans. And again, we, you know, that was also one of the, the terminology things is every, every human is an athlete to some capacity, whether their demand or their sport is going up and down five flights of stairs, carrying groceries, being able to pick up their dog, whatever it is, uh, we want to keep building resilient humans, people who can be prepared for whatever physical demands are getting thrown at them. Uh, we want to be able to, again, help avoid you in the healthcare system, right? Uh, you know, this was, again, my whole thing. Richard stayed a little bit more in the traditional, like, okay, you have an injury, I'm going to help you. Um, I certainly was working with Richard back when I was in New York and in doing that same concept, but I also grew this passion and I'm, I'm veering off much more into virtual, uh, assessments as well as helping people avoid and selling them on investing in building your physical resilience, your physical fitness to be less likely to have to go see Richard. So I'm trying to put Richard out of business is what I'm saying. <laughs> Man. Okay. Oh, okay. Then it's on. It's on. Yes. I don't think I have a new, I have a new slogan. What is it? A new tagline. I work with everyone from circus geeks to Navy SEALs. It just came to me. <laughs> That's special. Richard has always been a special one. Um so did you want to throw a random movie line at us or Good Morning Vietnam or what do you got? I, I would, but I'm really hungry, so I'm about to have some little some fava beans in a fine candy. <laughs> all right. But no, Corey. no movie line. All right. Okay, none. Okay, good. <laughs> I'm glad. All right. Um, we can wrap it up here. I appreciate your time, dude. Always a pleasure chatting. Um, I think, I think we fun. covered some... Yeah, I think we covered some fun, fun, important topics um, that we, I think, keep coming back to in our conversations of defining fitness, getting people to hopefully understand the importance of getting these annual checkups for your body. Um, it, again, especially if you want to get back to golf or get back to losing weight or running or whatever physical thing you want to do, being a circus geek or <laughs> or uh, Navy SEAL, there's different physical demands to that. So there's ways we can assess that. Was that a grenade? Was that was that what that was? I don't I don't know what that was. That was biting the head off of a chicken. That's what circus geeks would do. They'd put them, they'd be in a hole, you'd throw a chicken down, they'd bite the head off chicken. Okay. Okay. Not familiar. I thought maybe Ozzy Osbourne eating a bat. I don't I don't know. All right. So on that note, guys. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to encourage you to get 1% better every day. Uh, you know, go Trojans while I'm down here. They had a very good win football team this week. Go Trojans. Um, Richard, hold down Brooklyn for me back there. Go have a slice of pizza that I miss incredibly very much so. Um, and other than that, guys, we'll see you next time. Uh, Maha said this is getting a little dark, so we will uh, end it. <laughs> End it there. <laughs> Peace, Thank both. you for listening. Peace out, guys. Peace. Um, 